Welcome back to Love God and Your Neighbor. This is Reverend Laura Hutchinson, pastor of First Christian Church in Anniston, Alabama. I'm really glad you're here, and uh, I hope that by the end of this service, you walk away feeling just a little bit more thankful for the things in your life, because this service, this podcast is all about giving thanks. One of the things that I have to warn you about, though, is that the uh, recording of the sermon itself uh, is kind of an experiment. I would love to hear your thoughts about it. I recorded myself preaching live at the worship service today, um, and I preach outside. So you can hear the wind and the cars driving by and things like that. You can still hear me very clearly. So I'm just, I would love to know if you um, would rather me uh, record in studio or if you'd rather me uh, record the live sermon. I'd love to hear about that. So just let me know what you think after you listen. I want to um, make sure that those of you who are members at First Christian who are listening, remember that next week we're going to have our first Sunday Advent service, uh, the first Sunday of Advent, and we'll be lighting the Advent candle. So if you've been staying away, you know, for a variety of reasons, you may want to be a part of that. Also, after following church, we'll be decorating the outside of the church for Advent, which is something new for all of us, but I think it'll be fun and special. So I hope to see some of you uh, at the church next week. For those of you who are who consider First Christian Church to be your church home, whether you listen to us every single week on, on Love God and Your Neighbor, or whether you have been to First Christian Church and are members of, of the congregation, I want to invite you to please give of your tithes and offerings to First Christian Church. This is a beautiful church with a beautiful ministry. We are ministering to people who might not have had an opportunity to know Jesus because of who they are and because of how they walk through this world. But because of this ministry in Anniston at this time, there are people who are able to develop a relationship with God in a new way. And it is an unbelievable blessing to be a part of watching that happen. We also have a wonderful ministry with the homeless and feeding the homeless and welcoming the homeless into our midst as members of our worshiping community without judgment and without trying to fix them or change them, unless of course they want help with any of those things, whatever it is that they're dealing with. And so all of the tithes and offerings that you give, all of the donations that you send to First Christian Church go to help support these ministries. So if you want to give, you can do it in two ways. The first one is to go to www.fccanniston.org. That's FCC, First, First Christian Church, Anniston.org. Scroll all the way down to the bottom of the homepage and click the Donate Now button. We ask you to only use PayPal. If you try and give with your credit card, it will not go through. So just PayPal is working. If you want to just send a check though, you can send it to First Christian Church, 1327 Layton Avenue, Anniston, Alabama, 36207. Now, let us worship. We worship today with thankful hearts, with thankful minds, for all of the things that God does for us, for all of the ways that God is present with us each and every day of our lives. We give thanks and we worship in the name of the Father and of the Son 
and the Holy Spirit. Will you sing with me now our hymn of praise, I Thank You, Jesus. scripture comes from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 17, verses 11 through 19. On the way to Jerusalem, Jesus was going through the region between Samaria and Galilee. As he entered a village, ten lepers approached him. Keeping their distance, they called out, saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. When he saw them, he said to them, Go and show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were made clean. Then one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back, praising God with a loud voice. He prostrated himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. And he was a Samaritan. Then Jesus asked, were not ten made clean? But the other nine, where are they? Was none of them found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? Then he said to him, get up and go on your way. Your faith has made you well. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Please pray with me. Gracious and loving God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be pleasing in your sight, my strength and my redeemer. Amen. So let me ask you a question. Do you sometimes struggle with feelings of bitterness or selfishness or self-pity? 
or negativity or anger or whatever. You know, negative thoughts. Do you struggle with these thoughts and these feelings? You know those kinds of negative thoughts that spin you into a hypothetical conversation with someone that deteriorates into an argument and nothing has ever actually been said yet? Or you have the same argument with a person over and over and over in your head and it's never resolved and it just keeps on going and all it accomplishes is making you miserable. Or what about the kinds of feelings that keep us from appreciating the life that is going on all around us. If you haven't figured it out from the sermon title or from the scripture today, I'm talking about the spiritual power of being thankful. And I'm willing to bet all of the money I have in my bank account, which don't get too excited is not that much, but I'm willing to bet that nurturing a thankful heart can change the way you think, and it can transform your life. Reverend Adrian Rogers says that there are four levels of living. People in level one, this is the lowest level, they constantly complain. These folks are always griping and complaining, upset about one thing or another. You know people like that. Maybe someone here is someone like that, although I don't really think so. Something didn't go the way they wanted it to, or someone didn't treat them the way they thought they should have been treated. Rather than being humbly grateful, they're grumbly hateful. The second level of the way people live is just a tad higher. These are not people who are constantly complaining. They just have, they never give thanks for anything. They take things for granted, assuming that they are entitled to what they have or that they earned what they have. They have no awareness that everything they have is a gift. The third level is for those who thank God for the obvious blessings, when things are going well and everything is fine. This is the level at which most of us tend to live. When we're in a state of euphoria and pure joy, then we naturally turn to God and say, thank you. But the fourth level, the highest level, are those who give thanks always for all things. When things are good, when things are bad, when people treat you with disrespect, when you're sick, when things go your way, when things are amazing, when your house burns to the ground and when the sky is falling, you are grateful for your relationship and life with God. This is the attitude that will change your life. Today, in our scripture, we met 10 lepers sitting by the side of the road. They sat there because they were unclean and neither spiritually nor legally allowed to approach other people. They called for mercy from all of the people passing by because the only way for them to get money was to beg and depend on the mercy and the generosity of others. Otherwise, they starved. Leprosy is a disease that shows up several times in the Bible, enough to make you think that this must have been some kind of epidemic back then. 
But scholars believe that what is called leprosy in the Bible is not always the same disease that we know it to be now. It's thought that any kind of skin disease, whether it was a rash or eczema or whatever, was given this name. And the fact is, because of the cleanliness laws of the Jewish faith, any of these was enough to have you declared unclean and banished from society until it went away. Isn't it interesting how the disease of leprosy keeps people so separated from the rest of the world? And doesn't it sound familiar to the disease that we're dealing with today? Much like sin keeps the world separated from God. The lepers depended on the generosity of strangers to survive. The donations given to them were not earned, but they were needed. Each coin was an act of saving grace bestowed upon them. And so when they saw Jesus and the disciples passing by, they cried out for mercy. Did they know Jesus? Did they know what he was capable of? Or were they simply asking for money like they asked every other person who walked by? Who knows? But as it turns out, Jesus did not give them money, did he? which was the thing they thought they needed the most. No, instead, Jesus healed them and took away their reason to beg at all. This healing, like all of the other healings that Jesus performed in his ministry, points to the spiritual healing that all people would soon be able to receive from his death and his resurrection. It's a healing of reconciliation bringing the banished, the ostracized sinner back into relationship with their loving God. God is constantly blessing us with alms from heaven, those little moments of grace given to us throughout our days, every day, every moment. We cry out for mercy, and he gives it to us. We often Mercy is given even when we haven't even asked yet. And how often do we say thank you for that? Which level of gratitude defines our day-to-day -day lives? I think that our level of gratitude is often defined by our expectations from God. What do we think we should be getting from him, from life? And what does it take for us to stop and say thank you? Does our life have to hang in the balance and then be pulled back to safety for us to be grateful? Do we have to be healed from a terrible sickness? Do we have to have specific prayers answered in obvious ways? Do we have to be having a good or a great day? Do we have to have our needs met on a daily basis? Do we have to have money in the bank with the assurance that we can not only pay for today, but also pay for tomorrow? Do we have to have food on our plate to be thankful? Do our children have to be healthy to be thankful? Or do we simply have to wake up to a new day, good or bad, and walk in the grace of God from sun up to sundown? If you think you'd be grateful for everything that I just listed, then you're probably living in the highest level of gratitude. You're one of those people who gives thanks always for all things. Bless you. 
How does an attitude of gratitude change our lives and the way that we relate to God? Well, at the moment that our lives begin, when that little male cell merges with the female cell and makes a person, God does not promise happiness or pleasure or worldly peace. He doesn't even promise food or water or shelter or freedom. But he does promise a relationship with him. He promises to be there with us through the joys and traumas of life. He promises the life of his son, Jesus the Christ, so that we can be forgiven of all sins, of all wrongdoings, of all the times that we accidentally or intentionally injured another person, ourselves, or God. He promises that we will be blessed with his Holy Spirit throughout our lives, and he promises that should we choose to accept his love, his grace, his son, he will pass from this, we will pass from this life to the next into eternity with him. When we live in a state of gratitude, we are constantly aware of God's grace. We are aware of God's presence in our lives. We are filled with a joy and a peace that surpasses all understanding because we are filled with God's Holy Spirit. Amen? When wonderful things happen in our lives, we know that God is responsible. When life is merely ordinary, we are grateful to God for the routine, for the blessings in the midst of that ordinariness, and for his continued presence in our lives. And when life turns tragic and unbearable, when we experience loss beyond our comprehension, when we can't figure out where our next dollar or meal is coming from, when we've experienced abuse or neglect, when we find ourselves living in a state of bondage from which we cannot get free, we are still able to turn to God and see all the goodness in him. All his love, all his grace, all his works, and we can live in a state of peace and joy even when it seems that all worldly things have been stripped from us. Just think of the Apostle Paul writing so many of his letters from prison. His letters filled with joy and thanksgiving and grace and love. From probably a prison experience that none of us could ever wrap our minds around. And so we want nothing more than to give to God as much as he has given us. In the same way that we want to make the people in our lives feel as good as they make us feel. We want to do the same for God, right? We want to shout from the rooftops, thank you God for all that you have done. We want to reach out our hands and be there for him in the same way that he has been there for us. We want to give because we are grateful. That is what it means to live with an attitude of gratitude. In my November newsletter article, I challenged everyone to find a way to practice giving thanks every day for the month of November. Flash your lights if you, if you did it. It's okay, I forgive you. I challenge you to see if it helps you become a more naturally thankful person. 
You could tell your family what you're thankful for each morning or night. You could write it in your journal each day. You could leave notes for your loved ones each day. Or you could post it on social media again every day. You may have seen that I have been posting something that I'm thankful for on Facebook every day as a way to put my money where my mouth is or to, you know, practice what I preach. The fact is most of us don't automatically become thankful. It's a habit that we develop most of the time, we develop over time. Some people are taught gratitude from grateful parents. They're taught to be that way from early years. And those kids, those people, oh, they're blessed. Others just seem to gravitate toward the whole giving thanks thing. And aren't they special people? But most of us have to make a concerted effort to say thank you to God and to the people around us, even when things aren't going so well for us in the moment. And I'll tell you that posting my Thanksgivings on Facebook every day has been somewhat transformative for me. I was, you know, I, I told you all that it would be transformative, but I was still surprised by what it's done for me. It's not always been easy to say thank you this month because I've not exactly felt like saying thank you every single day, but forcing myself to sit down and think of something that I'm grateful for has allowed my thinking to shift a little bit. One thing that's happened is I was really surprised to realize that I have forgiven a person whom I have been trying and trying to forgive for well over a year now. I saw a comment by this person on Facebook this week, and I was shocked to realize that for the first time, I had no hurt feelings anymore. What changed? What allowed me to seamlessly make that transition from resentment to forgiveness without even trying? Because I have been trying and nothing worked. I wonder if focusing on the blessings in my life, even the most mundane of those blessings, freed my mind from holding on to those negative feelings. I really think that that's it. You see, it's been scientifically proven that being a thankful person makes us happier, healthier, and more successful in life. God actually implanted a safety valve to help us rise above and overcome difficult times. He put it right there in our DNA. If we are thankful for all of the things in our lives down to the smallest detail, our hearts are healthier, we have less trouble and less depression, we have stronger relationships, and we make friends more easily. We tend to be more successful in our jobs, we recover more easily from illness, and we live longer. Amen? Hello? God did that for us. Which is just one more thing that we can say thank you for, right? Jesus healed 10 people that day in our scripture, but only one of them came back to say thank you. When he said this, Jesus asked, where are the other nine? And seeing no one else, he turned to the one and he said, get up and go on your way. Your faith has made you well. All of them were healed, but only one was made well. In one, it is one thing to have a wound on your body like I had this week, right, from the surgery, to have that wound on your body heal. 
And it's another thing altogether to live in a state of wellness, right? And it was the thankfulness, the gratitude of the one man that made all the difference in his life. This year has, in many ways, been the hardest some of us have ever experienced. And the struggles are not over yet. But we don't have to dwell on the bad stuff, do we? We can give thanks for all of the other stuff in our lives in order to give us the strength to overcome any hardship that we may be living with. This week is Thanksgiving, the day that most Americans really focus on the good that's in their lives. And yet most people in our country will be spending the holiday alone, many of them for the first time, or with only a small few of their family members. It's going to be hard, I think, for a lot of people. Does that mean that we have anything less to be thankful for this year? No. So no matter what your day will look like for you on Thursday, whether you'll be home alone or with just your household or whether you're lucky enough to be with other loved ones or whether you're eating lunch served in a soup kitchen, do what you can to focus on what you do have. Spend the day saying thank you for everything you see and everything you have and everything that God has done for you in your life. And if you're not already doing it, start practicing thankfulness in your day-to-day -day lives, out loud or in writing. This practice will change you. And like the one man out of ten whom Jesus healed that day, Jesus will also say to you, get up and go on your way. Your faith has made you well. Amen? Amen. Amen.
When my family sits down to our Thanksgiving meal each year, before we say grace, we go around the table and everyone says what they're thankful for. Today I asked everyone at the drive-in church to write down what they were thankful for, and I have those here before me now. This table in front of us is the Thanksgiving table of the body of Christ. The only difference between this meal before us and the Thanksgiving meal we might eat on Thursday is that we gather around this table every week. Our weekly Thanksgiving feast is a meager piece of bread and a tiny sip of grape juice or wine, and yet it is enough to sustain our spirits for a lifetime. As we prepare for our meal prepared for us by our Lord and Savior, here are the things our brothers and sisters in Christ are thankful for today. I'm thankful for all of the blessings we enjoy in this country. I thank God for my family and my church family. I'm thankful that all my needs are met and for the insights that God is giving me for my health and my family. I'm thankful for having choices, for the peace that comes from understanding, for having hope and something to do and the will and energy to do those things, for a sense of being needed and having needs met and for people to share them with. I thank God for waking me today and ask God to bless me and my family and friends in Jesus's name. Amen. I'm thankful that I am able to get around for the blessings of God, for God's revelations as I study the scriptures, and thankful for church and a great pastor. I think that might be my favorite. I'm thankful for family, my dog, my home, my job, for the earth and all its gifts, for books and plants and having the things that I need and a lot of the things I want. I'm thankful for my new church family. They are a true treasure. What am I thankful for? I'm thankful for family and friends, my amazing church family, also looking forward to Thanksgiving. I'm thankful that my wife loves me even when I'm not the nicest. Thankful for a new family member and for the health of my family. I'm thankful for family and church. I am thankful for my significant other and for a family who loves and accepts me. And I am thankful for my friends and my family. Amen. On the night when the Lord was betrayed, he took the bread, blessed it, and said, This is my body broken for you. Eat it in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, blessed it, and said, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. As often as you drink it, drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink of this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes again. Let us pray. Gracious Lord, I thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Amen. Now take and eat the body of Christ, the bread of heaven, the blood of Christ, 
the cup of salvation. And in celebrating what Christ has done for us, let us sing together, Come, ye thankful people, come. Come, ye thankful people, come, raise the song of harvest home. All is safely gathered in, ere the winter storms begin. God, our Maker, does provide for our wants to be so blind. Come to God's own temple, come, raise our song of harvest home. All the blessings of the field, all the stores the gardens yield, all the fruits in full supply, ripened neath the summer sky. All oh, that spring with bounteous hand Scatters o'er the smiling land All oh, that liberal autumn pours From each rich or flowing store These to thee our God we owe Swords went all our blessings and for these our souls shall raise grateful vows and solemn praise. Come then, thankful people, come, raise the song of harvest home. Come to God's own temple, come, raise our song. Join me in the Litany of Remembrance, which you can find printed in the About This Episode segment of the podcast. By partaking in this meal, we remember that Christ was born. Christ, Christ died. Christ was raised. Christ, Christ will come again. This is the mystery of our faith. Thanks, Thanks be, be to God. God. As you go from this place, give thanks with a grateful heart. Give thanks to the Holy One. Give thanks because he's given Jesus Christ his Son. Amen and happy Thanksgiving. song of thanksgiving to God our Creator triumphantly raised who fashioned and made us protected and stayed us by guiding us on to the end of our days God
Oh uh-huh. 